Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, lovely listeners. Dr. Lucy here. And I'm not with Dr. Mary this morning. I am with a lovely friend of mine, the wonderful Jessica Turton. Now, for those of you who don't know Jess, Jess is an accredited practicing dietitian. She has been a staunch advocate of low carb well before low carb became a thing. She is the founder of Ellipse Health, which is a wonderful practice of dietitians. And she works side by side with a gastroenterologist who you will meet in future episodes called Dr. Pran Yoganathan. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Lucy. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to be on today. I know. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because our listeners really need to hear from you. You've got some wonderful stories, some wonderful pearls of wisdom. And more importantly, and there's a tiny bit of me that thinks, gosh, Mary probably should have done this interview because you're a scientist and I'm almost illiterate when it comes to science. And I think that that is the most the most wonderful thing that anybody you know can do is to really understand the science of of what we talk about and if anyone can do that that is certainly you thank you that's very kind oh you're welcome now what i would like to do today i've got three things that i thought our listeners we could talk about one i would like to talk about how you got into low carb it's always fascinating Two, I would like to talk about your clinic, Ellipse Health, and how you how a, a dietetic practice works in with a gastroenterologist and, and the story behind that. And then if we have some time, which I think we will, I would love to know about your upcoming clinical trial, which is, you know, again, people who don't understand science don't necessarily understand the complexity of what a clinical trial actually involves. And I would love you to share a little bit of that with our listeners. Cool. No problem at all. That sounds like a good schedule (laughs) (laughs) and I'm excited to get into it. My story has a few different angles, but I'll take the angle that I think is probably most applicable to your audience and what they would find the most interesting. So I always knew that I wanted to be a dietitian ever since I was in primary school. I can remember thinking that I was really interested in nutrition and health And interestingly, back in primary school, I was like, I'll have the whole grain bread (laughs) instead (laughs) of the white bread. You know, like I was thinking of those sorts of things and I was well into the low fat, high carb, you know, dietary guidelines sort of dogma from a very young age. And so was my family because we were all trying to be healthy and no one really getting closer to their health goals. But anyway, when I was in high school, I'm quite tall. And so I went into year seven being the height I am now. And so I was singled out all the time for like being big and being tall. And no one was being mean intentionally, but I just felt very self-conscious about how I looked which I'm sure a lot of girls and boys do feel in high school because, you know, it's really a time where you're comparing yourself to other people. Well, it's a peak time where you're doing that, but I think we're always doing that. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll lose a little bit of weight and maybe that will help me feel a bit more comfortable and confident in my own skin. 
And because I was sort of quite knowledgeable at this point about the sort of standard dietary advice and um, fats and calories and things like that, I actually went on to the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating website and was like, okay, how can I lose weight? And I was doing it through a reputable source. And I just found that if I restrict my calories more, if I expend more calories, then I will be able to lose weight and be happy and life will be great. (laughs) And so the promises, the promises. (laughs) I know it's like when I get to this weight, I will be happy. Like that's exactly what I told myself. And for some reason, I thought there was going to be like this whole other reality at the other side, where it's just going to be this whole new person. But I did go into this very uh, well-intentioned, you know, I, I was trying to just be a healthier version of myself. I was never actually aiming to be stick thin or anything like that. I didn't want to be like a supermodel. I just wanted to lose a little bit of weight and feel better. And I was actually carrying a little bit of extra weight. So, you know, people around me were like, cool, go Jess, you know, you do that. Good on you. (laughs) Everyone was supporting me. Everyone was like, cool. Yeah. You know, eat less fat makes sense. And over time, the longer I sort of went lower fat, lower calorie, the more exercise I did, there was a point where it kind of shifted from being a healthy, well-intentioned, conscious thing that I was doing to something that actually had control of me. And I've spoken about this before, but, you know, there is actually research out there to show that calorie restriction itself has psychological and physiological consequences. And I was really experiencing those. So I think I was losing about two kilograms every fortnight. So nothing crazy. Yes. The one kilo a week, the supposed healthy weight loss. Yes. Yeah. So I was doing all the right things. And every time I lost a bit of weight, I had to kind of, you know, work a little harder, like restrict my calories a little more and so on. And yeah, it got to this point where I was so consumed in calorie counting and knowing the calories in every single bite of food that went into my mouth. And I was trying to basically, I was addicted to losing weight. So I was getting all this good feedback from everyone else. Like, wow, you look so good. And I became addicted and it started off me wanting to be healthy and then finished me having no other care in my life apart from losing weight. The number on the scales. Yeah, it got very, very dark. And, you know, I I guess it was a good experience for me to have in a way, like looking back. But yeah, I lost 30 kilograms and <laughs> my lowest weight was 47 kilograms. So for those of you who can't see me, my eyes just popped out on stalks because... How old were you when this was happening, Jess? 16. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of weight, fat, muscle, what everything to have lost at that age, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I know. So all that I know now and how important nutrients are during that critical time, I'm like, ah, you know, (laughs) so frustrated. Oh, I know, but you know what? 
you can only do what what you thought was right at the time. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked on the podcast before, Mary and I, about the Minnesota Semi-Starvation Study, and it sounds exactly like you were a participant in that study. Yes. <laughs> Except that you're female and you're not in America. Other than that. <laughs> That's right. And I, I actually learned about that study um, in my disordered eating lectures at university to become a dietitian, which is interesting. We should talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess quickly to wrap it off, because I don't want to go into too much boring detail. But, you know, when I I remember stepping on the scales and I was like 47 kilos and the last time I had stepped on the scales, I was 50. And then so I was actually losing weight quicker than I could even control. Like I was so addicted to the calorie counting and so consumed in it that I was out of not in control in a way. So luckily, you know, some people in my life expressed their concern and I was like, you know what, I just can't keep doing this. And so the the worst part about this was when I was like, when I made that conscious decision, I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to be healthy. Like that was my intention from the beginning. I had no guidance, no support, no nothing because even I actually did go to a dietitian at this time and she just looked at me like in horror and was like uh I don't know and handed me these flyers for disordered eating and wasn't trying to offer me any kind of support like all I wanted to know was how do I be healthy because what I did originally I went onto a government website I looked at how to be healthy I followed the advice and I ended up here So how do I, like, what do I do now? And she couldn't give me any answers, nothing. Then that kind of spiraled into me just completely losing all control. And I developed a binge eating disorder, which is horrible. I would never wish it upon anyone to be in that situation where you physically cannot control what goes in your mouth. Like it is, it is not just overeating. It is a lot more than that. And in the Minnesota starvation experiment, the men in the study experienced the exact same thing. As soon as the calorie restriction ended and they were able to eat freely, they also engaged in binge eating. And some of the men had to have their stomach pumped. You know, they were doing it beyond what was like satiety. And I feel full now because when you are calorie restricting, you completely lose focus of what is satiety. You don't listen to hunger. You don't listen to satiety because everything's about calories. And I think as a protective response as well, when our body is going through that calorie restriction, one way it comes out the other end is like, well, now we've got a feast, you know, and your body is just trying to get in all the calories and the nutrients that you've been restricting um, because it knows that, you know, that is not something that can be sustained. Yeah. I mean, it does go back to that whole sort of um, ancestral times, wasn't it, where, you know, in times of famine, that was then followed by times of abundance. And I guess it was a survival instinct. And we don't, particularly in Western culture, we are not starving. We have abundance of food. There is no, there's only self-imposed starvation, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, like what is starvation is an interesting thing to talk about because I know that when I was calorie restricting at the beginning, 
I was maybe just reducing my calories by like 200 calories a day. And that was just going increasing, increasing in terms of what I was actually restricting. And at the end, it got to a point where I was really calorie restricted, like eating 600 to 800 calories a day. However, most people today who don't even think they're calorie restricting are calorie restricting. So the men in the key study, their semi-starvation was 1,500 calories a day. That was starvation. And that is like more than most people on average today are actually eating. And so it's interesting to think about that because oftentimes, you know, when clients come into me, they're like, oh, I'm not on any kind of diet. And then you look at their MyFitnessPal and they're eating like 1,000 calories a day. And you're like, why are you doing this? And they're like, oh, that's what my fitness pal calculated for me. And they've just been casually eating that for the last six months. And it's a no wonder they have all these issues that they're coming in to see me with because their body is so energy deplete. And I think that has so many consequences. Ah. Uh. Totally. And I, I mean, it's one of the things that riles me. If you ever want to see me cross, it's when people are recommending to other people, and this is in group forums on Facebook and whatnot, to calorie restrict. The only way you'll lose weight is, and they still do it, the only way you'll lose weight is to expend more than you take in, which is an easy equation if we were just a set of scales, but we're complex creatures that are way way more complex than that simple maths equation. I think even if we were to give the calories in, calories out some credit, like even if we were to say, okay, that's what you've got to do. What people don't realize is how much calories their body actually needs every single day just to like be alive. So when you restrict so far beyond that and you've made your calorie deficit now huge, massive, you know, 500 to a thousand to 1,500 calories. And that's your deficit. Then your body has to adapt because you cannot get that all from your fat stores. That's what we think we're doing, but you can't. And so then your body just down regulates energy. And it's like, well, we won't worry about sending any energy to digestive processes anymore or to brain processes anymore. Cause we must be in some kind of famine. And so all these areas of your body take the hit and for what, you know, a kilo weight loss, it's just not worth it. So I'm probably just as passionate as you about this and can get just as frustrated about this. Cause I guess like, you know, what I went through, I would never wish that upon anyone, but I was so lucky to actually find a way out relatively quickly because I know that a lot of people, that's their life. It's restriction and excess and restriction and excess. And I've got clients that are coming to me at 50 and they are in the midst of it, you know, and it is so heartbreaking because we think that the way out is to restrict further, you know, and it's just such a horrible mentality that we push upon people. And like a lot of people promote, as you say, still to this day, despite all that we do have, because we do have a lot of science that shows that calorie restriction is not good for the body. No, totally. Absolutely. Um, Jess, tell me, how did you find your way out of your dark hole? What happened? Well, I did a different course to what most dietitians would do at university. So um, like all through this madness, I was like still keen to become a dietitian and I actually thought I would find all the answers um, 
at university. And luckily I did, but not really in the way that you would expect. So my degree was a double degree with exercise and sports science as my um, bachelor and then masters of nutrition and dietetics as my masters. So when I was in my first year, we were doing a lot of just exercise biochemistry, like what fuel systems your body use for different exercises and things like that. It had nothing to do with nutrition. But because I was sitting there in my lecture theater, overweight with a binge eating disorder, <laughs> studying to become a dietitian, I was trying to take as much as I could from everything and just applying it to how do I lose weight? Because I was still in that mentality of I need to lose weight. Now I was, you know, I, I got down to 47 kilograms, but I went up and plus more just as quickly. So it was a roller coaster. And there was one thing that we were learning about insulin and we were learning about, as I'm sure your listeners know, you know, when insulin is high, fat burning is turned off. It's like a switch, just switched off. And when insulin is low, fat burning is switched on. And we were talking about it in the context of exercise, as I said, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, really? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this doesn't sound like it has anything to do with calories and more about the types of foods that you're eating. And like, that was just the light bulb moment for me, which I think it is for a lot of people, whether they hear it through university or they hear it from someone else or on a podcast or something like that. But the simple idea that we have this switch that we can sort of turn on and off in terms of using fat for energy or using glucose for energy, like that is an amazing thing to realize. And it helps you really understand how to eat better and build meals better. And from that moment on, that's what I started doing. And I actually ended up because I was I was having such a hard time binge eating, like you can't just stop binge eating, as you probably know, I actually had to create a low carb, high fat diet that was extremely high in calories. So it started off as, you know, 5,000 to 7,000 calories a day that I was eating low carb, but high fat. And I had to eat that to stop myself from binge eating. So it was like, I had to kind of undiet, you know, I had to extinguish this fire that was in me essentially. And I did that for a good three to six months and I lost 10 kilograms eating that amount of calories. And then naturally I was able to tune into hunger and satiety a little bit more and find eventually food freedom and weight maintenance, which is the best thing ever for someone who has gone up and down and just never, ever been the same weight for more than a year, being in weight maintenance is like the nicest thing to achieve. And so whenever my patients come in and they're like, I haven't lost weight, I'm like, but have you gained weight? And they're like, no. And I'm like, great, because <laughs> that's a real win. Ah, <laughs> uh, totally. You're speaking my language, lady. I cannot. Your story is so rings true in my ears, that whole I call it you're either sort of perfect on a diet or on a bender. It was like these two opposites. And to be able to find peace in the middle where you're no longer perfect, but you're no longer on a bender and your weight's stable and you just make these little micro adjustments all along the way. It's so peaceful, isn't it, for your brain? It's so nice. Being in, um, 
and we could even call it energy balance, right? You know, if that's what it is. But the beautiful thing about this energy balance is we don't have to restrict. We don't have to count. We can trust our body and listen to the signals of our body. And the other thing is, you know, I didn't have to do any exercise whatsoever to, you know, reach my healthy weight. And now for me, my focus is so much more on just like health and how can I be healthy? And if I'm going to exercise, it's because I want to build muscle, not because I'm trying to burn calories. And like, that's a mindset that you have to develop and, you know, you have to work on that. But um, yeah, it is such a nice place of freedom. And low carb is a big part of me getting to where I am today. It's so good, food freedom. Jess, this chat is going on and on, and I think we will reconvene next week where we will talk about the dietitian and the gastroenterologist. See you all next week, lovely listeners. I'm super excited. Have a wonderful week. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.